Are you ready to take your life to the next level? Join your host, Samuel Sullivan Eighth, on the Level Up Podcast so you can design a life worth living, achieve what you want, create balance, and find fulfillment. You know there's more to life, so dial in and level up. Hey everybody, Sam Sullivan Eighth, and on today's episode of the Level Up Podcast, I have in front of me Mr. Kyle Weaver. One of the hosts of GSP. How's it going? And we're here for the GSP series part three. And today we're going to dive into probably the most important part of this series. It's going to cover the biggest struggles post GSP and really how to take this school year by the horns. So all of you listening, uh, grab a notepad. Be ready to... Take some of these uh, lessons, some of these insights, and apply them to your life so that your relationship with God can prosper and the other areas of your life can have more fulfillment. Kyle, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Glad to be here, man. Thanks yeah, for having me. Of course. It's, yeah. it's a pleasure. Thanks for making the drive. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So we're uh, two months out from GSP. Mm-hmm. So Hurricane season is upon us. Yeah. That's right. People are freaking out, but uh, not us. We're, no. we're ready. We're prepared. Yesterday I saw a meme. It was like there was a it said like the rest of the United States, and it was like people like holding their hands, like oh my gosh, like the hurricane's coming. And then it was like Floridians, and it had a guy like in like a American speedo wearing holding a flag yep. in the rainstorm with a shotgun and an alligator. And yep. I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right. The one I saw it said uh, it was like a it was like in text messages, and it said like Dorian was like, hey, I'm coming over, and Floridians texting when you're here. <laughs> it's like, we're not, we're not that worried about it. <laughs> no, not at all. But anyways, um, we're going to jump right into this. The biggest struggle that I feel that happens after GSP or really any retreat in general is we go from having this fantastic quote unquote Jesus high, but after a few months, it seems to fade away. It becomes distant. Why is that gone? Why does that leave us? Yeah, like, why do we lose that Jesus high? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it's funny. We call it a Jesus high for a reason. Right? And um, so I think it's it's important to, uh, to, like, establish one thing. And that is what we're doing on retreats and what we're doing uh, while we're home, not on retreats. So, um, so let's, let's, and let's reverse that. So um, when we are not on a retreat, uh, we're just a daily life, you know. Maybe we go to Mass every Sunday. Uh, maybe not. Um, uh, do we do we read scripture every day? Um, how often are we going to the sacraments? Right. So now let's flip that. Let's go to a retreat. When you're on a retreat, we have daily mass. Right. Uh, so you, you not only do you get a sacrament every day, but you hear God's word every day. Um, there's also daily prayer. I mean, pray nonstop. Um, at GSP, we're also serving, so we're giving. We're sacrificing, right? We're uncomfortable, right? There's a lot of times where we're sweaty, um, been working out in the sun all day. Um, you're encountering people that are different than you. Um, so you're really challenged in those ways. Um, but then that's always followed up with, uh, with prayer, with uh, good community. Um, so, so this Jesus high, it doesn't come from just the fun times we have, um, you know, the, the amazing adoration night. It's not just one thing. It's a culmination of being in the sacraments, of being in the word every day, um, of that daily prayer and the community. Like it's, mm-hmm. you can't have one without the other really. So when we leave these retreats and we go back to daily life and then we subtract those things from our routines, we subtract uh, the daily mess, we subtract getting into the word, um, you know, it only makes sense that our connection with God is going to dwindle. Um, so how do we fix that? Well, uh, you know, during, you know, during school, if you're in high school, during school, it's harder to go to daily mass. Um, it's, it's either not an option or you really have to push yourself, get up early and go do it. Um, so how do we get around that? Well, staying in the word. Um, are you, are you diving into scripture? Are you learning how to read scripture? Uh, it's a, it's a tough, task to take on but you can do it so and that bleeds into the next thing which is community do you have those mentors that are there to teach you do you seek out mentors do you seek out um 
good friends around you that are going to support you, build you, go through struggles with you, uh, be open and honest, um, share their victories and their failures. So are you seeking those things out? Because that's how you're going to keep that, that connection, that Jesus high. That's how you're going to actually give it foundation. Mm -hmm. And rather than just be like a, an emotional roller coaster, right? We're trying to build a foundation, right? Sustainability for, for joy in our lives. Um, and that's, I mean, and that's the, that's the end game of GSP. Like that's, that's our whole, our whole goal there. Yeah. It's not about just allowing that one week to be that one week. Right. It's not, a, it's not supposed to be a memory, but rather a platform to in, better increase the rest of our lives. Yeah. But that is only going to be built off of consistent action where, I mean, have you had any experience where you felt this, you know, cause I think a lot of people look at you and they feel like, Oh man, he's like a really, he's steadfast in his faith, very consistent in his faith. He can talk to me about this stuff, but was there ever a time, whether, you know, recently or in high school where you've experienced that Jesus high yeah. and then felt it slowly drift away? Yeah, definitely. I remember the, so the first time I went on a retreat like GSP, it was the summer after my freshman year of high school. And, uh, and I, so I went to that retreat. Um, I made great friends that really encouraged me uh, to grow my faith and to grow as a person. I also had an amazing experience in adoration where I really felt like I had finally met my creator, you know, through that experience. So... So that was that was amazing. That really set a great tone for my whole sophomore year. Like I really I really rode that high that whole sophomore year. Um, and then that following summer, I go to the retreat again. Great experience. And going into junior year of high school, it finally caught up with me. Like the whole fact that it was just like a high and there wasn't like mm -hmm. much foundation, it finally caught up. So that junior year on paper, it looks like I had I mean, I had a great year on paper. I was chosen to go to a leadership retreat in New York. Uh, they chose, you know, eight uh, juniors from our class to go. Um, what else? I was, I was, I was growing. I was expanding, getting out of my comfort zone. I uh, had a lead in the play at school, which I had never done that before. Um, started a talent show at the school. Um, what else? Uh, you know, it was just. I was just in so many different areas. Had so many amazing things going on. Um, I got a new job outside of work or outside of school. Anyways, all these amazing things are happening. Uh, what else? Like homecoming court. Like just, it was a great year. Mm -hmm. But on the inside, everything was falling apart. Everything. I just, I was doubting my faith on, a, on a, a spiritual, emotional level. I just didn't feel close to God. I was starting to have the doubts intellectually. I was, I was saying, why do we believe in this book? Uh, was Jesus a real person? Like, is, what is religion? Is this the thing to make people feel better? Like I had mm -hmm. all these doubts, right? All these doubts. And it wasn't in that whole year. This was going on. I didn't didn't share it with people. I just kept it inside, and I and I and I tried to just push through it. And finally, I got the courage to go to a couple mentors, one of my religion teachers, and a friend that I had outside uh, of school who was who was a Protestant, wasn't mm -hmm. uh, Catholic. And the two of them really helped me uh, grow because I went to them. I shared what was going on, how I felt. And they pointed me in directions for, for both spiritual. So one uh, told me, like, the, you know, more of the Catholic side was, like, go to the sacraments. Mm -hmm. Like, you're neglecting. Like, you're not going to confession. Um, you're not praying as much. Uh, you know, go to extra masses. Like, that helps. Being in the Eucharist more often helps. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then outside of that, uh, learning how to read scripture was huge. Learning how to open it up for myself. Um dive into, you know, if you're starting out, I highly suggest New Testament, maybe 1 John or 2 Timothy. Um, but there's books in the New Testament that are four chapters long. Like, you can read that easily. Easily. <laughs> Anybody can do that. Um, so, in order to get out of that, that year, um, it, was, it was actually getting into the roots of the faith. So, learning about it, learning about the history of it, learning about the sacraments, learning about Scripture. Uh, that pulled me through. Like if I didn't, if I didn't go seek those answers, I probably would have faded away. Do you feel like all of the, you said on paper, you had such the, you know, a magnificent year. It, it looked really credible. You, you're, you're growing right. in all these different areas. Do you feel like a lot of those activities were filling the void 
that was left because you weren't pro like so active when it came to your faith at like post GSP. Do you think there's any correlation between that? Um, per- perhaps, but and, and I think I think more so it was. Um, it may it may not have been that it was filling a void. I think that it was like all these amazing things were happening, but on the inside, like I didn't feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably because even though we could like look great, right? Socially, yeah. We we there's still a, a deep intimate desire of our heart, yeah, that can only be filled, yeah, yeah, and and, and 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 it was like it was hard to actually make myself seek out those answers mm-hmm. and do those things, um, and that was kind of where I learned like the discipline is actually it's a hard thing to do and it's like something we don't want to do, especially in high school and like you know in college, but but. Discipline is like the key to being free. <laughs> discipline equals freedom. Yeah, this is yeah. That's well put. Like discipline equals freedom. I didn't say that. It's Jocko. Right, Jocko. But yeah, there's like a there's a better quote, something like that. Yeah. And he, uh, but no, he, and it, and it's it's true. It's because when we can, can when we can control ourselves and we can say what we're gonna do and then follow through and do it, it builds confidence. Yeah. But it also starts building this consistency. And in that consistency, we start to see growth. It's the same with the gym. We could yeah. be working out once a week, but if we're only working out once a week, we're never really going to see the fruits of our labor. However, mm-hmm. if we are working out or running every day and eating healthy every day over the course of three months, six months, a year, three years, your body radically transforms. And the same thing goes in our prayer life. The same thing goes in our communities so on and so forth yeah doing homework right yeah grades are like a reflection of that well i mean you seem like a really disciplined person like how did that for you like how did that happen how did you get more disciplined uh definitely seem more disciplined than me <laughs> but um, i i, I would I love from. well i would love to be disciplined i actually have discipline disciplina tattooed on my rib cage oh yeah um, because discipline is a word that I have found to be very important in my life. So, I mean, and I think everyone should really find the virtues that they want to live their life by and start working on developing those virtues. I'd rather, like, I think identity is something a lot of people struggle with mm-hmm. at our age and younger. I mean, anywhere from 14 years of age to 30 years of age, we're really trying to figure out who we are and where we are in this world. Yeah. And when we, a lot of people will identify, I am a football player, I am a podcaster, yeah. and we have these external things that we are connecting to and identifying with, and what will happen is, like, I've lost my voice. My voice has been gone for, like, six weeks now. Well, if I was permanently could never talk, well, I, my identity as a podcaster and a public speaker is ripped from me. If I, like, when I was a football player and I tore my ACL, my identity is kind of stripped from me. And so when I identify myself with my virtues that I want to live my life by. Yeah. And then I actually cement that virtue into who I am by taking action on it. Mm. It it creates this ripple effect of growth. So I wasn't always the most disciplined. Um, I've never been a great student because I haven't been disciplined with studies. I've found discipline, I think in the gym, uh, it was a one way that I really practiced it. And then, um, recently it's been in prayer and scripture. So I've been, having a very regimented uh, prayer and prayer routine essentially. So every morning I wake up and I, I make sure I sit down, I do gratitude for about five minutes. So I'm just thanking God for all the blessings in my life. And then I'll start diving into what I'm struggling with mm-hmm. and what's on my heart. And then I'll ask God what he wants to talk about. And then after I have that dialogue with him, um, it might last anywhere from another 10 to 15 minutes. I'll, I'll open up scripture, read a chapter think about what it's how it's speaking to me and how I can apply it to my life that day and then I'll close out yeah boom and, and so I've been doing that every day it's and it's late but I was saying you know what this is what I'm going to do every day for 21 days and then building a habit so um people say that motivation is what get you started but habits how you right like Just how it actually gets you there yeah. yeah but I don't I don't I don't even think that that's true I think we get inspired by a movie a song a person we take action. The action, in turn, will motivate us to do more. Mm-hmm. Because when we actually put a foot forward in what we want to do, 
we just we build confidence in it and yeah we, we there's, feel more, good. there's more there's more responsibility in it there's more ownership in mm-hmm. it yeah and so you're, you're you're taking life by the horns and you're taking responsibility for your things and i think that's what discipline is is doing what you said you would do mm-hmm. and and being able to do that at any moment see i think anybody can anybody can find discipline in something mm-hmm. right so you found it in the gym and I, i'm the same way a poor student was not disciplined in it at all um but being disciplined in one area and now that has led to you being more disciplined in your faith mm-hmm. right and that's the end game and i think that was beautiful what you said of like finding your identity in like virtues right that's like powerful like that's you know that's something that's that we should all strive for well if you're looking at the, i have my core values actually written down right in front of me on a note card so mm-hmm. I don't just have this out for the podcast. I actually have this like sitting on my desk all the time. I have like a couple of quotes, things like that. But this is, these are the core values that I want to be able to live my life by. And sometimes they change. So right now, like off the top, it's discipline, integrity, humility, responsibility, patience, and service. Yeah. Now these have kind of changed. So like last year, there was a few others on here that aren't on there now. And I try to keep this within five to seven Mm -hmm. Um, because our actually that's if you think uh, it's a funny like a psychological phenomenon how long is a phone number besides the area code seven digits Mm -hmm. how long is a zip code five our brain is wired to remember things that are less than like seven digits long there's something about it yeah so uh, I learned that in a psych course so that's why area codes are very easy to remember and any of the rest but I so I also do the same thing when I'm trying to like prioritize my life I won't allow myself to have more than like five priorities mm. so I want to make sure I can actually only focus on those the same goes with my core values I chose six and that's like the process of self-discovery yeah the process of a prayer life um, that changes over time wow well I think that's amazing um, I really should do that <laughs> it's I'm fun like, I'm like sitting here and I'm like hmm I have like 40 different things going on right now how do I subtract how do I get how do I bring that closer? How do I bring that in? Um, journaling. Journaling. It starts with journaling. And then I, I started using note cards. Like you see, I have three note cards. I have a quote. I have like a mission statement here. Yeah. And then I have like ideas for podcasts. I have, you know, I only stack it here. Boom. And I'll just, you can see it. Some of them are pinned up there. Yeah. You know, some quotes that I've been told that are like really, when I know I'm struggling with something and one quote will like really help me, I'll like write it down and keep it in front of my face so that every time I see that, I feel the same way. Yeah. And I, even that can be disciplined. It's like you know, we bring up community and growing mm-hmm. our faith. The community just reinforces. Yeah. It's, it, I just got a puppy. The reinforcement of good behavior mm-hmm. is how I get more good behavior out of him. And the same thing goes with any walk of life. So in our in our faith life, if we are reinforcing it through reading scripture, through di- being disciplined, yeah, we are going to grow. I think community, and that's such a weird word, right? It's like such a church word sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, let's talk about what that can mean, community. So uh, for one, it's like you have to have brothers and sisters. You have to have people on your level that are going through the trenches with you. Mm-hmm. Like that's just you'll die without that, you know? Yeah, we're social animals, we need it. Exactly. Like, you just, you can't have, uh, you, you can't fight battles alone. Um, you have to be able to, to have failures and victories with, uh, with good people. Um, but also, the importance of having mentors. I mean, that's, that's huge. Every, every leader you know, every uh, person that you look up to, um, you may say like, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. Like, I want to follow them, right? But the best leaders are the best followers, right? The best leaders surround themselves with uh, with, pe- with people that are pushing them, uh, challenging them, keeping them accountable, uh, not only uh, in their faith, but outside of that. Mm-hmm. Like, are you being healthy? Are you being, um, are you striving in your relationships to keep them Christ-centered, right? Uh, and that, that, that speaks to another element of this community, right? It can't just be anybody that you keep in your close circle, and that's hard to hear, right? Uh, but, but you have to have people that are Christ-centered. You have to have Christ-centered relationships and, and all types of relationships, whether it be dating relationships, friendships, uh, your family. Like, like having a Christ-centered relationship is, is huge in that, and it takes discipline. It takes some work. But the benefits of having that are 
I mean, I mean, you're, you're, you're an example of that. Like, hello, like you, you started inserting Christ into your relationships and look at your life now as to where you were before. Right. I'm sure you've talked about your life on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. So, so listeners know, like you've come so far and that's not through you. Um, just, you know, digging deep and just like putting your hand in the dirt and just grinding. Like, no, that's through submission. That's through allowing Christ to come in. Yeah, and, and actually submission is a huge word that has been a part of my prayer life for the past maybe like eight months. Mm -hmm. Because I find that whenever I have conflict or I'm trying to like... Because I have my... Like I have doubts when I'm not strong in the faith. Um, when I lose the Jesus high. And I'll wrestle with maybe a big question that I have. But I find out what happens is I'm just not allowing myself to submit and I, because I think I know better Yeah. and the self, you know, the ego starts pulling me away. One of the questions that I had for you, um, about mentorship, cause I, mm -hmm. I you know, i we talk a lot about mentorship and I think that that conversation has been growing and growing. And like, I would say any college student mm -hmm. finding mentors professionally at school is what's going to separate you yeah. from everyone else getting a degree. Yeah. Because everyone's going in, there might be partying or they might be getting good grades. But if you're getting good grades and then you also have a, a great relationship with your professors or yeah. faculty, it opens up massive amounts of doors, massive Huge. amounts of doors. And like, like that whole idea of mentorship, like that's not just you and I just thinking like, that's a cool thing to do. Like that's very biblical, right? Mm -hmm. So like, look at Paul, like took Christianity across the world, right? Uh, through his mission and through his writings. Um, he had mentors. Jesus was a mentor to the 12 disciples. Right? right. Like straight up. That's all it was. So like Paul had mentors, right? He had like, you know, whether it be like Ananias or like Peter to a capacity, like he had mentors and that was important to him. Um, he had people on his level, right? He had Onesiphorus, right? He had others that were, uh, that were setting up these churches with him that were um, just doing life together, right? And then he had, this is important too, once you're you're becoming that leader in your faith, you're taking your faith as your own. It's important that you are taking taking in others under your wing, mm -hmm. right? Paul took in Timothy under his wing, like much younger, and that's that's an important part of it. You can't leave that out, right? So it's like yes, you need people on your side. You need to reach out to mentors, but you also need to serve and give to those that are younger and take on take others under your wing and become the mentor something that i was like i was told uh, some entrepreneur that i've listened to in the past he said that 33 percent of your time you should hang out with people that are better than you in the sense of like people that are yep. further along whether yep. that's in your faith financially physically 33 percent of your time you should hang out with people who are in, like in the same journey as you mm -hmm. so people your age people going through the same problems people your your, your friends and then 33 percent of your time should be hung out with people yep. who are less than you not in a comparative way but like maybe yeah. a little bit behind younger so yeah. just like you said yeah, having mentors different stages of life exactly having yeah. mentors having your friends and then being a mentor yeah um and i honestly i found through being a mentor and being in a leadership position i have not found anything more fulfilling than that right oh yeah i mean i couldn't agree more that's what i you know that's why we're literally having this conversation yeah and that's, the podcast. that's why i do what i do as a as a campus youth minister like that's that's become my life. But it's part of who you are. So so practically, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, how do I go about this? Well, that's what I was going to say. How yeah. do you find a mentor? Because it's you don't go up to a mentor and be like, hey, can you be my mentor? I mean, honestly, that is what you have to do sometimes. Okay. Um, so so I've had I've had different people that have come into my life and it just, it just happened naturally. Mm -hmm. But there was also a time where when I graduated from high school, I was... Uh, I was still uh, living uh, in my hometown, uh, just doing like community college, basically, mm -hmm. and um, and I needed I needed you know a mentor. I needed that. So uh, for those of you that went to GSP that know Ryan, um, I had known him briefly because we we, I, we did the first GSP together, um, but we didn't know each other personally that well. So I reached out to him and I said, "Hey, can we grab lunch?" And he said, "Yeah, sure." So got to lunch, hanging out, and I just said. Uh, said look listen like I would really love to um, just have I, I need a Catholic mentor in my life and I want you to be it but and and during GSP over summer we were uh, recalling that conversation just that day and we hadn't really talked about it since then he brought up this that I had forgot about he brought up uh, that I said to him I said all right who are you 
Like I asked him, like, tell me who you are. L- let me make sure that you're good enough so that way I can place you as a mentor in my life. Yeah, it, essentially, like our job, being a being an apprentice, I guess is what you could say, your job as an apprentice is to challenge the mentor too. Yeah. And not like it's about getting in fights or in debates, but but holding them to the standard of which you believe they are. Yeah. Like, it, it, I have, I have a mentor, his name's BJ. Um, the guy has radically transformed my life. We don't talk all the time, but right. uh, we have. Like, we've been consistent, and then, you know, life gets busy. I think that's something about being a leader. I think of being an eagle. Eagles, you don't always see them flying with other eagles. Most of the time, they're alone, mm-hmm. but they're the ones looking over the sky. Seagulls are the ones in flocks eating, like, french fries. Yeah. Uh, little kids' <laughs> fingers. Don't be a seagull, be an eagle. Yeah. But, um, so sometimes you're going to have these spurts where you're a little bit more... Sure. Alone, I think, as a leader. But what I found, what he told me, he's like, he's like, Sammy, when we have these conversations, I, lo- I crave them just as much as you do. Don't think that I'm the one helping you all the time because yeah. the questions you ask me are sharpening who I am and what I believe in in my process. Yeah. And so it's, it's a give and take. You actually need to bring value to your mentor. It's not the same. Otherwise, the relationship is gonna, it's going to disintegrate over time if you're right. not also... Um, providing some sort of value. I think that when we, could you imagine a world, just like picture a world where every interaction was a win-win situation. Yeah. And then try to manifest that. Yeah. Right. And some people will be closed-minded and think that's not possible. And yeah, it won't be for them. Mm-hmm. But when you start building relationships that are based off of serving each other, mm-hmm. not that every interaction has to be win-win. It might be like, I help him out this time. Then three months later, they help you out because that's the timing. Not because yeah, don't do it no. to get something in return. Do it to do it. Yeah. But to then give, you'll give find people that are cost, doing it. Because you know? we can't do it alone. No. We can't do this, this walk of life alone. That's why Adam was given the gift of Eve. Yeah. In the garden, it was not meant to be a, a, a lonely journey. Yeah, I think I think you know, talking about mentorship, like, like what Ryan said about me of how I was asking him, like, tell me who you are. That is that is important when you're seeking out mentors. Like, they have to be worthy of it. And, and so, like, all right, so how do you decide who would make a good mentor? It's it's simple. It's it's just answer one question. Do they point you back to Christ? And whatever you have going on in life. Are they able to point you back to the cross every time, right? So it doesn't matter what it be, whether it be dating relationships, family problems, uh, social problems, uh, whatever it is, if they're able to point you back to scripture, point you back to to the way of the cross, to sacrifice, to um, mercy, to love, uh, if they're able to push you back to those things, that's when you know you have a mentor, right? Somebody that you can confide in completely um, who's going to push you that's the difference between having like, and, and when you start that, when you have that that mentor that's, that's, that's able to push you in that direction, that's when you start to see the manifestation of your Christ-centered relationships just blossom, blossom. in your Perfect life. Work. You know, um, so that's that's very important when you're seeking out mentorship. I agree, and I had something on my mind, then I lost it. <laughs> it was something it, you you sparked. Something really important. Well, not even might not. Obviously, it wasn't that important. If I forgot about it, um, we actually broke down this entire conversation. So we believe that in order to develop this faith and to to be able to have the remaining effects of the Jesus high mm-hmm. is self discipline, and right. that discipline equals that freedom. Yeah. And we broke it down into three components of discipline. So um, just very practical. These are these are where you can see this first is community we've 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 hit the nail on the head i think with community the second is priorities um knowing what is important to you so like okay i have my faith life i have school Mm -hmm. i have my christ-centered relationships i have football or basketball or dance or um you know trombone like whatever it is know what your priorities are because once you have that listed out you become more organized less cluttered and you can say no to the things that are going to distract you like um is that xbox i mean hey if you're making you know um two grand a month playing xbox online go for it yeah (laughs) you know i'm not saying xbox is necessarily bad but we need to also know that our priorities cannot be neglected 
if we have them. Like I just becoming married, just getting a puppy. I just started a business. I know exactly what my priorities are. Yeah. I can't. I I passed out at like nine thirty eight p.m. the other night because I had to be up early. Yep. I'm old. <laughs> getting old. That's when I go um, to bed nine thirty. Wake up at five fifteen. The third component that we brought up is um, is feel is receiving the fruits of our labor. Mm, yeah. What is the secret to that? Like today, like, so I was. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say today, like I remember biting into that strawberry and just like we had breakfast together. Right. <laughs> and uh, if you guys tasted the avocado toast that we had, you would have wished we had breakfast here too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I bit into the strawberry and just like the juice explodes, you know, uh-huh. and it, it just it's so refreshing and like ner- like uh, the nutrients feel so good. How do we feel that in our own life when it comes to discipline? What is the key to that? Well, so I was I mean I was thinking about it. Um, couple days ago because uh, we, we had mentioned on the phone we said maybe we should talk about uh, fruits of fruits of our labor right and I was thinking about it and uh, I had a friend uh, talk to me and she was talking about oh man I just I can never find like a good living situation and she was just saying like I just feel like you always just like figure out like a good thing and uh, and I was thinking about it because uh, I have I have one roommate that I live with um, he and I have different uh, lifestyles a little bit um, but we get along really well. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was thinking about that. I was like, why, why is that? Um, and, and it's a great living situation for me. And, uh, and I used to have really poor living situations. Um, so I was thinking about how I got here. And, uh, and honestly, it was this. Um, my dad, my, both my parents, really instilled in me a really good work ethic. So like work hard, right? I didn't always do that at school. But in terms of, of life, it just working hard and, and I remember being in high school and like I'd be sick and I wouldn't want to go to work and my parents would be like look you're going like you're just going because that's just what we do like like you don't flake um, if you say you're going to be there or you're scheduled you be there um, so that was just always just ingrained in me and now that I'm in real life like I, I see how important that is and I see other adults that don't have that and I go oh my gosh like they're at such a disadvantage because of that so that's that's one thing another is is my faith and understanding that uh, I have my beliefs and not everybody has that and there are some people that you can uh, there are some people that you can open up to uh, that you can share your faith with and they're gonna that's gonna um, open the open their hearts to the Lord uh, but there are others where y- your words may not be able to do that um, so the best thing you can do is just be an example and live your life and uh, and they either will or they won't see um, the benefits of having a Christ-centered uh, life and relationships, and and at the end of the day, it's Christ is the one that's changing their hearts. It's not us. Mm-hmm. So we're just so the there's, instrument. There's honestly a lot of pressure taken off that. So what I say about all these things is, I met my roommate because I worked really hard at a job that I had terrible bosses, but I continued to go. I continued to be a good employee. Um, I met him there. He actually ended up uh, when I left there. He take he took my job there at the gym. Um, so, so we met through that connection, right? If I wasn't working hard, pushing myself to become a trainer and and to be there at that gym, I wouldn't have met him. Mm -hmm. All right. Now the second part is the reason why we get along so well is, uh, is because I have that understanding and that respect of him that, that comes from my faith. So being steadfast in both of those things, working hard and, um, and accepting and loving others, Right. If I and I used to struggle with that, so it wasn't like like I say that it's not an easy thing to do. I had roommates in the past mm-hmm. where completely different lifestyles. I, I struggled because I really didn't like them. Like I went to a priest and I said, "Listen, I just I don't love them. Like I really resent these people that I live with, and like and it's really bringing me down. I'm the one that loses at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So so understanding how to love others is one of I think it's one of the hardest challenges. That we have in our faith, right? We have we have the challenges of uh, you know stay away from the, the drinking, the drugs, the sex, things like that, right? We all hear that all the time. Um, and as as Catholics that are walking in the faith, sometimes it's easier to turn those things away than the call to love your enemies. That is such a hard hard thing to do um, when you are walking in the faith because there there's people that. They just see the world differently than you and don't share your beliefs and it's hard for you to love them um, so growing 
having those experiences and growing through them and learning how to love people of all different walks, that, that, those two things, hard work and, 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 and loving others, that allowed me to be in this, this amazing situation that I have with my roommate where we're good friends, things work out well, and, um, and, and we're living our lives. Like I've seen change in both of our lives since we've lived together for the positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can just, I can think back to another roommate where I had, where my mother gave me the advice, the advice of just be, just be an example. Sometimes it's all you can do for some people. Just be that example. Um, not that I'm better or anything. It's just, you know. But we I, see the world differently. We see the world differently. Yeah. And, and, and what I mean by being an example is like, I remember sitting with, with one of my roommates. He was on one couch. I was on the other. I'm on the phone with one of my good friends that's on the same level with me. And I'm talking to him about my, my struggles that I have going on. And I'm just being open. And my roommate's sitting on the other couch just hearing everything I'm saying. And I'm just talking about how I'm struggling to pray. Um, and this is a couple years ago in college. So I'm just struggling to pray, struggling to be motivated to go to class, just feeling lonely. And he's, he's hearing me be so open. And then he's hearing the, the, the genuine conversation between me and my friend and the genuine openness about our faith and how at the end of the day, we're just trying to grow closer to Christ. By the end of that year of us living together, him and I were having those conversations. We'd be up late at night talking about our faith, talking about, um, you know, just where we wanted to go in life and, and, and our different struggles and things like that. And, and we really became closer. It's beautiful. And it became closer through that connection in Christ, through that openness, that transparency. So having those experiences, uh, that's, that's, that's why I, I am where I am today. And that is, so for me, like, that's what I thought of fruits of labor. Like, if I didn't, go through those growing pains for both of those things, I would not be where I'm at right now. And, I, and I'm benefiting from it. Yeah, no, that's... I don't, I don't think there's another yeah. way to put it. <laughs> um, one of the things that you said actually sparked my, um, my mind back to what I forgot earlier. Mm-hmm. And you said being an example. When we were at GSP, Mike Buckler, um, he brought up a great question. Why are you Catholic? If you can't answer that, figure out that the answer to that question because you will be asked it once you start living out your faith. Um, and, and when I think about why am I Catholic, one of the biggest reasons, my parents divorced when I was in fourth grade and I believe that that divorce was a ripple effect to many other problems in my life and my family's life. It, I grew up in this broken home and I never wanted that to happen in my own life. And where I saw the healthiest, happiest families was the Catholic faith. When I look at people like Mike and Megan Buckler, when I look at the families around me, like the Grands and and, and so on, I could list them. Mm-hmm. Um, I never saw anything like that in the secular world because when I was at school, I felt like everyone else's parents were divorced too or their dad worked in Pennsylvania and their mom lived down here and they had problems. So. That it was the example of other people, not even the person coming up to you and just be like, "Hey, you need to do this," but rather the someone that I might not even have had a conversation with to see them in mass together holding hands. Right. Be like, "I want that." For them taking care of the crying baby and not like being angry at the baby for crying during the Eucharistic prayer. You know, like I remember a priest saying that that's the, one of the most beautiful things that we could ever hear. Like, why are we mad when babies yeah. are crying in mass? Yeah. Literally, like a gift of life. I just wanted to kind of touch on that, but then when you bring up the the toxic or like having a bad roommate situation, it kind of geared me towards something that people are struggling with is is having negative influences or having like toxic relationships in general, like relationships that are not Christ centered. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's two ways that we can move past that. First is being able to set boundaries. I think it's important. That's when it comes to loving other people. I think we also need to be able to love ourselves. And by knowing what we stand for and what we will and will not accept in our life, we can then love other people because we don't have to attach to their belief systems or their way of life, but we can attach to ours. Um, but those boundaries, we can also start communicating with people about about those things. So whether that's an intimate relationship or friendships, like, hey, I, I don't like it when I'm talked to this way. Mm-hmm. Or like my brother, he's a really funny kid. He's hilarious. But like there was a span of time where every day he would greet me in the curse words. Yeah. 
just trying to be funny. Yeah. But after, like, I would just play it off. Like, all right. And then after, like, four or five days in a row of this happening, I couldn't stand my mom said, Joey, I don't know why you're being so disrespectful. I don't like being talked to like that. Yeah. The first thing I hear from you. And, like, he looked at me more like, and I came like, I was like, oh, my gosh, dude. Like, I'm sorry. So, and then, and so we've had, and then, like, we're in this process with each other. You know, we're both, we came from, like I said, a broken family. We're trying to repair a lot of damage that's been happened. So he'll come to me and be like, Sammy, I can't talk about this stuff with you right now. We need to wait until I can handle these types of conversations. You know, and we both have our struggles. And so we are building boundaries so that we can help each other and build this relationship. Sometimes boundaries is just like cutting somebody off because they're that toxic. But when you are trying to build relationships with people that are close to you, whether that's a mom, dad, grandpa, aunt, sister, brother, coworker, parent, those 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 difficult conversations are necessary. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, and that's like, and that even that speaks to what you were saying about like like what you want, like those end game of what you want. Like when you see those other families, like that is like the fruits of your labor, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not just like handed to you a life like that. No, like that is that is earned. You know, everything is earned in yeah. life. Like a relationship with God is earned. Yeah. You know, it, 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 I, I had somebody tell me the same the other day. God, God made your teeth, but he's not going to brush them for you. Right. Yeah. You have to put in the work in your prayer You have life. to receive the grace. Mm-hmm. It's a, like he's giving it to us. Like he's giving us this relationship. You have to receive it. Right. And, and what that translates to in, in practical real life is, is discipline is doing those things to, to get closer to Christ and receive is an action, yeah. which means you have to be in motion. It, yep. It's a, it's an active word, the same as run, right? It's, it's movement. So we have to be in, uh, we have to be in, that's what I believe discipline is. I think it's an active word of actually taking action every day. Yep. The other thing too, that I thought was like so powerful. I think I'm, this is the last point I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about your roommate situation. Uh, it was a great example and you talked about how some of these people had different ways of life. I actually think it's something that's holding back a lot of Catholicism is the fact that we're getting so wrapped up in Catholic culture. A lot of Catholics are just becoming so solidified there that we're not reaching the world yeah. because we're almost like, oh my gosh, no, that person curses too much. Or, oh my right. gosh, they listen to different music than me. Or, oh my gosh, they don't, they're atheists. I can't, I can't be around those people. Yeah. And it's not that we have to associate with those people all the time or like, actively listen to Lil Boozy yeah. or something like that. But we do, but there is a sense of we need to be able to be strong enough to handle the, those situations when they arise. Right. And one of the things that I have found is actually being able to be very subjective about what good and bad is and mm-hmm. to be able to detach from situations, you know, so you could be um, sitting in a car and you get in an accident and you could be so angry I'm like, I can't believe this guy just rear-ended me out. I was at a stoplight. Da, 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 da. The second thing could be, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I, I just got in this car accident. That motorcyclist would have died mm-hmm. if that car would have hit him. I blocked the motorcyclist from dying. Like, this sucks, but the motorcyclist is safe. Yeah. There's two very different perceptions. Mm-hmm. But I think ideally, if we can actually take a step back from and look at it from a bird's eye view and like have this self-awareness through prayer to say, wait a second this is good and this is like this was one perception and this is one perception which reality I got in a car accident right so we when, <laughs> right. so if oh this person doesn't believe in God I believe in God what's the reality of the situation we think see things differently yeah. how and then you can ask yourself how can I handle this situation in an appropriate manner mm-hmm. I'm not going to be overbearing I'm going to be an example boom now detaching and not saying they're wrong or they don't believe in what I believe in and then putting emotion to making it a personal thing, but saying, wait, this is what it is. Now I get to choose how I'm going to handle it moving forward. Yep. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Mic drop. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, that's really, that's, that's what I, that's something I've been practicing. And yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of helped me not feel like um, even in my own faith of not nitpicking myself to the point where I feel unworthy but being like wait a second good and bad is important to understand but I need to just look at it from what it is mm-hmm. yes I did this poorly but I also need to realize I'm doing all this stuff great right I also like you know my it's like texting you ever get a text from like you know um, 
like a family member and you read it one way and you're like, oh, they're being so angry. Right. But you call them, they're like, hi. And they're all nice. You're like, oh, I must have read it wrong. That happens the most with family too. <laughs> or like a friend texts you something and you're right. like, what do you mean okay? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I just asked you a question. Don't respond with okay. Um, so I think it's important to look at it from a birth. They can be like, okay. Right. You know, instead of okay. Yeah. It's important. You know, last question that I think I have for you, I think we're hitting a, a perfect time point on this. I think we've really been, um, I hope you have been taking notes because this, this has been <laughs> absolute fire. What does it take for you right now? How are you leveling up your life spiritually? How are you leveling up your life to become closer to God and Christ? Um, well, I'll say, I'll say discipline. So let me break that down. So, um, one it is it is uh, taking care of my body, um, so I'm eating healthier, uh, getting more sleep, um, which is hard to do. I don't I'm not good at going to bed earlier. Um, I have to make myself do it. Uh, so so treating just treating my body and myself uh, better that's huge, right? Christ calls us to um, to love others, to treat others how we would treat ourselves. Okay. We, we understand what that means on like the surface level, but treating others how we treat ourselves. Hmm, let's think about that for a second. If, Sam, if you were sick, right? If you were sick and, uh, and you just, you, re- you, know, you were struggling, you were like, I really need to go to work, I need to do all these things, I would probably pull you aside and I would say, Sammy, look, you are sick right now, you need to just take two days, take your medicine, rest. And I know that you're feeling drawn in all these other areas, but it's gonna be better for you to just stop for two days. You can get back to life after that, right? But but on the inside, you're just like, I need to just do all these things, right? How often do we treat ourselves like that? How often do we tell ourselves what we would give advice to other people about? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So so treating others how you treat yourself, like you need to treat yourself right. You need mm-hmm. to take care of yourself. You know, I would I would tell you, I would say, Sammy, like. You need to get on schedule. You need to be getting to bed on time. You need to be eating right. Like so, I was kind of sick of telling other people to do that stuff. So now I'm just not telling other people. I'm just telling me to do that stuff. And one of the things that like Maria and I do to piggyback off of that, if I'm like struggling, she's like, "What would you tell your son?" Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, "You're right. I just got to do what I would tell yeah. him." Because I, sometimes we're just overthinking. What's the right thing? What's the wrong right. thing? Like, in the paralysis of analysis comes into play. Yeah. So yeah, taking care of yourself is, is a is a big challenge that a lot of us a lot of people struggle with. We'd rather give to others than give to ourselves. But self care is needed. It's and it's not it's I don't think I think selfishness is not the right word. Oh, it's not selfish at all. But like, it's self care. Yeah, yeah. And when we care when we can care for ourselves, then we just have the platform to reach other people. Right. And that and that guilt that you might have in your head, that's just that's the enemy, right? That's doubt. That's doubt just being put into your head. And, and once you overcome that, that's just another, another obstacle that the enemy is putting in your path to, to a relationship with Christ. Just hurdle that one. That's an easy, that is just, nope, you're just sliding right past that. Just, you got to let that go because you have to take care of yourself. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, definitely being one of the sacraments. I, I'm fortunate to work at a Catholic school, so I'm able to go to Mass, uh, you know, during the week. I'm able to... Uh, to take time to um, to pray, but uh, but another thing that I do is uh, I for at least one of the car rides I won't listen to music or podcasts or anything. I'll just be in the silence, and it's really hard. Um, but that has a lot of benefits. One, I'm able to actually listen to what God's telling me rather than just pray and just say all these different things all the time to mm-hmm. Him. I'm able to listen to Him, um, which is helpful. Um, but on the second thing to go back to discipline um, that's a really powerful thing uh, listen like driving somewhere with nothing on because try it when you get in the car next your immediate reaction is going to be to turn on, turn on the radio or plug in your phone or, or do whatever it is that you do but when you stop when you don't do that thing and you break that routine you're going to be like, like you're going to have this weird feeling. Oh, okay, I don't, I'm not used to doing this. Like, why do I have this urge to pull out my phone all of a sudden? And you're going to be like, that's weird. Like, I didn't tell my hand to go reach for my phone. I just did it. And, and, you, and you, kind of, you kind of check yourself a little bit because mm-hmm. you realize the habits that you build up that may not be positive. So just doing something like that, that's a small technique that you can use to help you to 
take care of yourself better. Um, that's something that's helped me with like a struggle like pornography, like just breaking breaking up habits that you have. Um, so so that's one thing that I do is is have a silent car ride. Uh, at least once during the day. Yeah, and um, what you said, I mean, it, it, it's uncomfortable because yeah. you're like, oh my gosh. But the, the straight up truth is that you grow when you're uncomfortable. Exactly. If you are content, it is almost impossible to grow. Yeah, 100%. Some people might disagree with me on that, but... And, you know, to, like, and to loop whatever. that back to the beginning when we talked about breaking down that Jesus high, it's like you get that high, that connection because you're you're stepping out of your comfort zone, you're serving others. So it's all, it's all full circle. So... Um, so back to real life, it's like get out of your comfort zone, do little things like that, um, and then just uh, just trying to be in the Word more. So, um, go, you know, for me personally, it's like I'm going through the Gospels right now. Um, so just being in the Word, uh, and then like we said before, community. Like I have the strongest community uh, that I, like right now in my life uh, that I've had in the last four or five years. Um, but I've been building that up. Right and, mm-hmm. and intentionally keeping some people in and letting others fade away, um, it's very important. So, so that's, I mean, that's really that's what I'm striving for for my my relationships for my Christ centered relationships right now. I love it. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that, man. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Level Up Podcast GSP series part three. Hashtag Team Kyle. Yep. On the <laughs> oh track. my gosh. Yep. Well, we're going we're gonna to close up here. If you have any questions, any comments, please feel free to DM either of us. Send us an email at levelupwithsammy at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know what's on your heart, what you thought. Please leave a review. And if you listened all the way through and you got any sort of value, please share this on your social platforms. Tell a friend. We do this 100% to help you, 100% to help the people listening. And we don't ask for a dime. We don't ask for a dollar. All that I could ask for you in return is if it brought you value and only if it brought you value, which if you listen this far, I hope it did, just share it with a friend and you'll help me build a bigger army and an army of gods. That's all my spiel. Stay great. Level up.